Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday to you. We had breaking news right off the top of the show. Uh, and Blaine made his breaking news sounder. Titans, all pros. Uh, Kevin Byard. That's what you remember me for there. I do. We need to just get a signal. We need to get a sample of that. Because sometimes you play the breaking news sounder. But Blaine's natural one is just so much better. Yeah, but I don't know. Should we do a sample of it or should we just do it live every time? I think, I think we should do it live. You, uh, you live, got some, just you got some new things going on there with the new technology. Yeah, there we go. no, we could we could sample it, but I don't know. Every, maybe we'll, we'll mix it up every once in a while. We'll play I feel the like sample. You should be able to take like him doing it and make like some kind of remix with you know auto tune and stuff on it, and then we oh, just see what it's like. Put a beat under that. it. Yeah, I could get I could get in the lab with that. Yeah. Uh, the, okay. Thank you, Doctor Dre. You get in the lab with man, that. This stuff looks really nice, though, man. All these computer screens, man. I, I feel like I'm talking to like a, a you know a financial advisor here. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm definitely. Definitely not the stock that. market and everything else, man, with all the boards. Yeah, a lot of toys streets. in here. Um, Kevin Byard makes first team all pro. He got 41 votes. The next guy was like Poyer of Buffalo. The two the two safeties from Buffalo each got 12 votes. Byard got 41. Oh, okay. he got four. So the NFL AP voters, the Associated Press people who vote on this, clearly feel like Kevin Byard is the number one safety in the league. Dang. So he's gotten there. You got to climb uh-huh. that mountain. He climbed the mountain. So look, they had another other second and third vote. They, I think there were three guys who got twelve. They, the the way the AP released this, okay. there was like an article, but it didn't name everybody who got in. Then there was an article with the votes, but then there was another article that showed who was first team and who was second team. So I, Buck Rising was saying earlier, it took him a while to kind of pilfer through all of it. I feel the same way. What? But Byer got forty one votes. The next guys behind him got twelve. So that's how much he he did that. He got five interceptions okay. this year. Here was the most surprising thing about all this. Not that Kevin Byard was all pro, and it's his second time. He did it in 2017, which I I felt funny reading that. Like, was it all the way that long ago? Mm. It's 2017. Mm. Here's the thing that stood out to me the most. I would have said 19. I would have got that wrong, too. I would have gotten that wrong. <laughs> um, he's got 23 career interceptions as far as Titans, as far as Titans getting interceptions. The most interceptions all time for the franchise, a guy named Jim Norton, who played in the 60s for the Oilers. Hmm. And and most Titans fans would be hard-pressed to name him. His name is in the Ring of Honor. So you, if you go to the stadium a lot, you might think, okay, I've seen that name. He's number one. He's got 40-something. Then all the rest of, are like Chris Dishman. There are Oilers on the list. But as far as Titans interceptions, Kevin Byard and Samari Roll each have 23. Mm, man. Two great players. And Samari Roll, we talk about this a lot, and you said it, and, and I would have even said it, but I trust your judgment more than mine because you've lined up you know, behind him I mean, for how many years. He's the number one cornerback in Titans history, Samari. Mm, yeah, it was. it's not even close for me. I had some really good players, but he, he was number one. I mean, who's number two, Cortland Finnegan? Well, I didn't play with him, but yeah. I don't know who's on. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know who's number two. Uh, well, if you go look at who made Pro Bowls and All Pros, I guess you, you could probably go there. Uh. So, Kevin Byard and Samari have the same number of interceptions, 23. Here's the biggest surprise, not because he wasn't a great, talented player, but number one Titan interceptor of all time, never spent any time with the Oilers, so just a Titan, Michael Griffin, 25. And you've always said this, and we talked about this some in the first hour. You say this without batting an eye, and a lot of people would say it's you. But you say Michael Griffin is the best safety in Titans history. You have said that. Yeah, I've said that. And I said uh, probably it must have been maybe 
2017, baby, when uh, Bayard made it the first time as an All-Pro, I said he's on track to eclipse uh, Michael Griffin. It'll be interesting to see if he can get there. Well, I put him right there, right there in the race right now. So Byers has more time. Nashley Griffin is retired now. So I would say he's on pace to be the best safety in Titan history. Yeah. Uh, but I, Griffin, as far as talent, if you want to, Griffin's the more talented player. Uh, that doesn't mean you're going to be the most productive player, but uh, there's traits of uh, Byard that I really like his instinct. Mm-hmm. And I think he takes what he sees from film and lets his instinct take over in games. Where I think uh, Michael Griffin kind of relied more on his talent, his actual talent to play in games. And then when it's, you know, he started dipping on talent mm-hmm. at the end, where now you have to, you know, use your brain a little bit more and, uh, you know, studying film. And I think that's where. Because he could have played a lot longer to me if he wanted to go down that road and uh, start playing a little smarter, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think Byard's going to be that guy now. But Griffin, man, people used to bag on Griffin. I used to always feel like I was defending him, but uh, he played a year there with a really bad shoulder uh, and missed some tackles. And, and uh, he played on some some teams, really bad teams where he wasn't sure exactly what was happening in front of him at all times, yeah. too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... You can say Byard's playing probably on a team, you know, maybe a little more gifted team. But, you know, uh, Griffin was on a team. Was he on the team where they had uh, him, Hope, uh, you know, a couple of those guys all made the Pro Bowl one year? Yeah, he he was on some good teams, too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, can't really say that. So, yeah, I think Byard's getting there, man. I, I think he's uh, – I think once the season starts next year and he starts duplicating a little bit, I think then you can say he's the best. It. Yeah. People got spoiled with the first few Titans teams because the first year of the Titans were the Titans. You guys went to the Super Bowl. Then the next year, you were you, you had the best team in the NFL. The Ravens got by in the playoffs. But there was Javon Curse, and there was Blaine Bishop, and there was Bruce Matthews, and there was Eddie George, and there was Steve McNair, and there was... Randall Goffrey. And, was, and uh, Derek Mason, yeah. and Dr. Smooth, Kevin Dyson. So And, and Bruce, and B-Hop, and Pillar. And, right, and so, the I offensive mean, every, line. It was kind of hard not to mention... Almost every guy on our team, because at some point they kind of stood up outside of the crowd in a game and then impacted again. Josh Evans, Keith, mean, in the playoffs, Keith Bullock, like, who joined the team right. in two thousand. So, it was just, so wow, what's been bad for everybody that's played after you guys is it's not like the team came here and you were bad. You came here and you were great. So it's like well, everybody's got to be better than Blaine Bishop and Marcus Robertson. No, they said everybody got to be better, right? Oh, okay, yeah, and, yeah. and then everybody's got to be better than Eddie George, George and McNair, well, right. Then everybody's got to be better than Steve McNair yeah. to be the best tight to be the best Titans at any position. You got to be better than all the people who started here as Titans. Well, I think that's tough, but uh, I think uh, ultimately you want to be the best team. Mm-hmm. So the way to clip all that, you just go win Super Bowl because mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't do it. But you got there. The only team that did that too. Yeah. But nobody talk about the people coming second place, <laughs> <laughs> except the people here in Tennessee, you know, nationally. Sure. So I, I think that also hurts, you know, recognition for guys who uh, we only had one uh, Hall of Famer on that team, and that's Bruce Matthews. But I think that kind of hurts Eddie George just not having that Super Bowl ring um, after some really phenomenal runs uh, in that season, let alone in the Super Bowl. Hurts Mac. Hurts you. Yeah. Hurt, hurts all of you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, (laughs) So that, you know, it impacts us in more ways than one. But uh, this team, this this current team has a great shot of not just getting there, but winning it. Uh, So it's exciting time to be a Titan fan.
I'm excited. You know, I'm up here, you know, still the old me as a player. Like, oh, I don't want to count the horse before it happens. And I'm right. there trying to put out plans to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, you but know, where I'm going to stay. Like, and, you know, I'm like, oh, man, this is so weird to me doing this. Yeah. You know, this was what was going on while I was playing. So I wasn't concerned about these things because I was actually playing. And right. So it just kind of feels different being on the other side of that when I was so focused just on winning that game and that opponent that we're playing that week. Let's take a call, Jackson, uh, calling in from from Jonesboro. Is this uh, what? Is this Mickey's upper paying all kind of people? Is this to, another to Jonesboro, Arkansas call? What's man? going on, Jackson? <laughs> no, it's the same. It's the same, it's the same guy. It's yeah, same I know. Oh, okay, I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. I, I will say. I know you asked Lucas earlier about the about the snow and if our age group. Uh, goes crazy and wild and stuff because you know my wife and i went to the store last night and got our bread and milk for the snow we're supposed to get this weekend so uh, <laughs> i would say we do act pretty crazy <laughs> oh, but, okay uh, so so how old are you i'm 22 22 oh okay. my gosh dude hey, yeah, yeah, underwear yeah. older than you okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay though we love you jackson look, well i cannot no, contest we, that <laughs> i cannot say that i have underwear older than 22 <laughs> i have a couple of pairs what's what's going on man <laughs> It's okay, man. Hey, I just want to say, you, you guys are starting to talk about it, but the Titans team being legit enough to make a run and actually win the Super Bowl this year. Yes. Are you guys really sold on them? And I me, mean, I'm a homer. You know, I'm going to say, yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, with the national media, you know, they're not always going to give us the credit we deserve and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, in recent years, you know, talking about the upset, 60% of uh, – you know, un, you know, the underdogs win, things like that. Do you think this is the year we actually make it the run and win the Super Bowl? Jackson. Whoa, hey. whoa, whoa. Is he still on there? Yeah. I want to ask him, name one real weakness that you think this team has that, that can be exploited in the playoffs. I would say, I would say, you know, looking, looking at the teams we could potentially face, you know, looking at the Raiders, I think, you know, you, you lock down Hunter Renfro with, you know, you know, looking at both his prediction, we play the Raiders maybe, um, and I don't think I don't think the Steelers will do it against Kansas City. So, uh, you know, looking at the Raiders, you know, shutting down Hunter Renfro would be easy. But with the weakness we may have is, I would say, defending the beat ball and, uh, you know, getting lost out there like we've been exposed a few times this year against the Jets, Texans, you know, getting picked apart that way with Joe Burrow. Uh, if we play the Bengals, you know, things like that. I think defending the beat ball would be the thing we would have to uh, defend against the most with our pass rush, you know, things like that. We can get to the quarterback, which is great. We didn't have that last year. I think this will hurt us in the playoffs against the Ravens. So, um, I think that's the only, pretty much the only weakness we have as far as defensively. And offensively, I think we just need to – I mean, we're doing – we've done well with Deontay Foreman and, um, yeah, you know, you're... getting Derek back. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be great. So, Jackson, thank you for the call, man. Tell everybody back home I said, hey. I will. Oh, he's well. I thought he had hung yeah. out, but he said, I will. Well, I, I just I want to hear because some, sometimes, uh, you know, we're on the inside here watching them. You know, what's perspective on where are the gaping holes? That's not to say they can't lose in the, you know, in the first round that they're playing or anything like that. But when I look at this team, this is a team that I wouldn't want to play just because they run the football. They play solid defense and they seem to be getting, you know, their weapons in order. When I say that is you see all of a sudden Julio you know, last week starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm and a flow. Just imagine if he would have caught that deep ball that Tannehill overthrew him. He would have been over 100 yards easy in his game, and we'd be probably looking at it a little bit differently uh, from even a Julio perspective that, oh, he's just trying to get into a flow. No, he dominated. That's what we'd be saying. Uh, so uh, 
and uh, A.J. Brown's back, and we're getting the king. So I go, man, where are the glaring holes when you say, if you're looking from any team, how are we going to attack? Mm-hmm. And that's why I say the Texans might have unveiled something. Mm-hmm. Now, the Titans, you know, by throwing the ball all over the yard and spreading them out. Now, the Titans may have not prepared for that because, you know, you know they might have not have shown a lot of that, and then maybe they didn't think uh, the quarterback would, would, you know, be that good. He's getting better each and every game, the Texans quarterback. So I just don't really see anything glaring. Maybe you could say uh, the cornerback position, maybe, but you can't really say that at linebacker. You can't say it at D-line, O-line, running the football, receivers, NWI, from Julio to A.J. Brown, then the running back, the quarterback. I mean, I just, you know, maybe pass protection, but they <laughs> seem to be coming on here the last four. I mean, they've done solid. Finally all playing together. Right. See, so I just don't see any glaring holes. Like, when you look at the other teams, you you see holes. You say, mm-hmm. oh, the Bills can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Bengals defense isn't as good. Uh, oh, the Chiefs can't stop the run. I mean, you know, you just – they they have holes. You can't really say that about the Titans besides, ah, well, they give up a lot of passing yards maybe. Uh, I know I know. we got to go because Coach Matthew said to join us. V-Love tweeted this out earlier. He was listening to Coach Mack on Buck's show. This what is what say? Coach Mack just said that King, Henry, AJ, and Julio – have only been on the field together for 120 out of 1,133 snaps. Oh, I I heard him say that. He yeah. he said he got that from Mike Keith. Yeah, the the legend. Yeah, and that's remarkable. And they still won game. And to me, that stat alone should get Mike Vrabel the coach of the year. Just that alone, you still won game because you could have an easy out if you only won like you know nine eight. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, this is what we played with. No excuses for Mike Vrabel. We get it done. Coach him up. Got to keep getting it done and keep coaching him up. No coaching this weekend, though. Titans off today uh, and tomorrow and back to work on Sunday as they prepare for whomever they're going to face next. When we come back, we'll prepare for Coach Doug Matthews. He will join us next on Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Coach Doug Matthews has yet to jump in Zoom. Let's take some more phone calls. You want to do that? Yeah, we can take the calls, but I think Doug Matthews, Coach Doug, I I think he entered the portal. Oh, he may have transferred (laughs) off our show. He entered the TP. Everybody else is in there. Um, (laughs) Let's take some calls on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. We'll go to Doug as soon as he calls in. Is this Vadius from the borough? Yes, sir. What's going on, Vadius? Man, nothing much. How y'all doing? Good, 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 man. Fantastic. Oh, nay. Uh, before, uh, before I give you guys a question right quick, Blaine, do you remember your uh, Derek Mason and Blaine Bishop camp? What do you say? Derek, Derek Mason and Blaine Bishop camp. I should have gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, t-shirt. we had a camp. I, I thought he was talking hey. about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a camp uh, in the summer times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hands down. That was probably the best childhood yeah. moment ever football. Oh, but, that's <laughs> cool, man. So you attended, huh? Oh yeah, it was it was the best time. But um, nice. I have a question for yeah. you, Blaine. Um, when you were um, in that um, that team when we went to the Super Bowl, how did y'all prepare? Like as far as like before y'all went, like in the playoffs, like in the divisional round, like what was y'all mindset? Like how did y'all get y'allself ready and prepared and blocked out everything else? Mm. And I hang up and listen. Thank you, Vadius. Well, the divisional round was different. I- I'm gonna jump right here first to. 
Remember, and I wish we would have had two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl like like most teams. I think we needed that extra time. But uh, that so we played uh, not Jack, Jacksonville there? No, that was an AFC championship. Mm-hmm. Who did we play in the division around? Because we had Buffalo. You uh, played uh, what? Buffalo, uh, then Indy, Indy, right? No, we played Indy, Indy then first. Buffalo. So it was Buffalo second. So that's what he's referring to. You know, the preparation was actually really the same for any other week, uh, even during the season, uh, because there was no extra time given to us. Uh, so, uh, you know, coaches did an exceptional job. I, you know, Fisher and his staff that time on the defensive side was uh, Greg Williams, and uh, they they really were on top of it and understood what our strengths and weaknesses, you know, weaknesses were. I think, and then how to go about each game and how to prepare for this team and be what they like to do based off what we were good at. I really appreciate that because, you know, as players, sometimes you, it goes unknown what you're not just individually, what you're really good at or what you're weak at, but actually the team in concept in concert uh, with uh, the offense and the defense. So, and then our style, the style was, we're going to be, we're going to pound it down your mouth. We're going to make you submit and we're going to show our physicality and we're going to get after you at the quarterback. And we want to see the number two quarterback. This kind of was the mm-hmm. mantra, and we had some great, talented players to fit that kind of scheme to really execute it uh, to perfection, really. Had some great corners, man-to-man, and a lot of people talk about, you know, Samari Rowe, but Denar Walker was really good. He was talented. He was, you know, shoot, he was a, you know, he was he ran track at LSU. This guy could run. He could fly. Uh, so, yeah, we had some really good players, good role players from, you know, Donald Mitchell to Dana Sidney to – who guys who then eventually became starters because all the injuries just started happening. So then our depth didn't look as good. You know, Joe Salavea, uh, you know, we had some really good – Jason Fisk. I mean, we had some dudes, man, that you we didn't miss a beat. You know who else is a dude? Doug Matthews. Yeah. He's a dude. He yeah, joins a dude, us man. now. Coach, Coach, I was wondering. I I, I didn't know since you uh, didn't come on yesterday, I thought you entered the portal. Yeah. <laughs> the TP. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought you about entered it. the TP, yeah, we, man. I mean, we were looking for your name in there. The reason I went there, uh, entered the portal is, you know, if you enter it and then you decide not <laughs> you may to get stay stuck. in it, they don't have to take you back. Right. You and, may uh, get stuck there. <laughs> no kind doubt of in about it. In purgatory, as they say. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Coach, uh, man, we haven't got a chance to talk to him. Did we talk to him? No, we talked to him last week, didn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah, about the National Championship and everything else this this week. So, yeah, what were your thoughts? And I predicted, you know, just really going on a limb, that the Georgia will win by 14. They almost got real close to that. But uh, just to go against Saban is really tough. But just give us your overview of what you saw in that game because I thought Stetson Bennett looked like he was scared out of his wits really for about a half, maybe to even when he fumbled. And then all of a sudden the coaches kind of let him loose. You know, how often do we see that, though, in big ball games? Uh, I remember uh, several of the Super Bowl games where uh, I think uh, what Peyton's first one, uh, the uh, who, who were they playing, uh, returned the opening kickoff, I think, for a touchdown. So we, you see that oh, sometimes Bears. in championship games. And, yeah, the, and, yeah, the Bears. And you, you know that uh, uh, you, you know that in a game like that, you got especially one that just happened this year to have the two best teams in the country matched up. Uh, certainly two of the top two or three. Mm. I think most most would say top two. You know you're going to get a 60-minute ball game somewhere in there, no matter who starts well and who doesn't. And uh, uh, I'm going to do uh, my whole sa- or most of my Saturday show, a lot of it on how Georgia won that game. And 
And I, I think, quite frankly, it was defensively. Um, certainly you have score points, but uh, I don't know that I have seen in college a more physical football team defensively than George was. Their defensive backs consistently knocked good, strong running backs backwards mm. when they tackled uh, when they tackled down space. They they got them on the ground, you know, solidly, not just a trip job. And uh, it was impressive from that standpoint. Uh, and you know, we saw something in this ball game we did not see in the first one. Alabama did not uh, give up a single sack and very few pressures in this in the SEC championship game. This one, I don't know what the final tax uh, sack total was, but I know this just from looking at it, it was double digits. <laughs> that quarterback got hit when he was throwing, so uh, it was a, it was an impressive defensive game, and no doubt about it. And the other part of it is too. I think we've had four of these games like this where. Uh, you had a rematch, uh, and uh, the team that was beaten first won ever one of Yep. You know when mm-hmm. you, So uh, it was a. It was a it was, from my standpoint, it was a great game to watch. Two really well prepared teams. Both both. Uh, t- you know the the last interception there was. Uh, uh, you know that was. You tr- you have to make a play to even get back in the game at all. But uh, take that one away. I thought it was a, a well coached game, a well played game. Uh, and certainly a, a physical physical game, both sides of the ball. Man, no doubt about it. Uh, man. But I was looking at that George defense. I remember when they played Tennessee, and I thought that then and say, man, this they these are NFL players. Yeah. Well, they, they, they showed up even against the best. Uh, that was Alabama. Uh, that their defense is something special, and they have a lot of talent all over the place. But it, it made me think about man. What are the biggest issues that coaches have today? Because I'm sure there were four and five stars, and you see the portal now all behind some of these guys. Uh, so kind of take us through, like, what it is actually as a player, what are you thinking, and then what are you doing as a coach to manage through that because of uh, the kids being impatient and some guys are going to wait it out and wait till their turn and some guys not. Well, first off, just to touch on what you said right there at the first blame, uh, at every level. But especially in college football and and in Division One major college football and the pros, very few people have many, and some don't have any, defensive linemen that can rush the passer. Very mm. few. There's a, there's very few teams, uh, and this goes you know now pros a little bit different. You know, occasionally you can get a couple of and maybe two really good pass rushers on a team, maybe three. Uh, you're not going to keep the third very long in all likelihood. But but in college. The main way you have to pressure for most teams is to bring linebackers or maybe a, a nickel man or a defensive back. Uh, Georgia was able this time to get a little bit more pressure, and then they had a tremendous rush scheme with those two inside linebackers. They they were getting players matched up on uh, on running backs, linebackers matched up on running backs. I think they confused Alabama a little bit, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and that played a big part in it too. But as far as the portal goes now, they're – this a week ago, I, I haven't checked it lately, but a, a week ago, but 10 days ago, they were right at 1,500 players mm. in the transfer portal. And what we see happening now, what coaches see happening now is, it's one, uh, you know, we, we anticipated that players would be going into the portal to get more playing time somewhere. But what we're seeing now is there is a number of those players uh, that are going into the portal to see if they can get some n- name image likeness money, either where they are or 
yeah. in the portal from someone else. Mm. That was what was kind of, well, I don't want to say it was unexpected. I'm sure they had to think that that was going to happen. But that's playing a pretty big part in it right now. You know, not not just, uh, hey, I'm, I'm playing where I am. I'm happy where I am. But uh, there's some name, image, likeness money out there. There's a, there's a number of the players that are doing that. But it's still primarily the ones that are not playing. Of that 1,500, I'm going to say probably 70 or 80%, maybe even more than that, are players that were not playing where they were. Uh, and wanted to go try to find someone else to where else to play. So most coaches, uh, you know, that percentage that is not playing, you don't mind them leaving anyway, uh, because that allows you to bring in uh, another, uh, you know, another scholarship player. But uh, as far as what you have to do, Blaine, I, I think it's the the area that I've always thought this was would be good at. Take take the name, image, likeness out of it, but the transfer portal is it makes coaches really treat their players really well. Uh, and you don't want a player, if you don't want a player to leave, then you're going to have to treat him better. And I'm just talking about, you know, not being on his rear end all the time, not, not you know, using derogatory language to him, which is part of coaching in some instances. Mm-hmm. So um, I, th- I think it's made coaches better from that standpoint. I know it's made coaches better from that standpoint, and I, and I think that will will be a big plus out of this. It's going to take us a year or two, and I say us, it's going to take college football a year or two to get their, uh, you know, to kind of go through this, see the mistakes, see what needs to be adjusted, not only on the transfer portal, but also the name, image, likeness. But, uh, you know, a couple of years down the line, I, I think it'll probably be like most changes that we make. Uh, you don't have any choice, you know. When the federal government says uh, your your tax rate, Blaine, in your case, is going up probably to 50 or 60 percent, <laughs> uh, Mickey, and, Mickey and I is probably more down around 10 or 12. There, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, you, 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 what do you do? You, well, you pay it, you know, or you figure out a way to get around it. And that's that's what these coaches will be doing now. Well, with the coach, Coach Doug Matthews. That's right, Coach, brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Planning to drink, don't plan to drive. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. Appreciate them putting the coach on with us each week. So, Coach, we talked a lot about the portal. So, it's been a while since we've talked to you. Tyler Barron, I guess, went in, and then the door opened back up, and he came back out. Uh, K. Ron Calvert, I guess, has gone in. Uh, Cayman Marley, who was a, like a four-star recruit, I guess, didn't play any this this year. Uh, he went in. So just kind of your latest of uh, catching everybody up on what's going on with the Vol transfer portal. I think Tennessee's had four. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but four that have actually uh, have joined the portal, Harrison Bailey being one of those. Of course, that was back during the season. Uh, uh, Tyler Barron went in, uh, came out. I... Uh, I know his father well. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that his father was not going to be coaching there anymore. My suspicion is, don't know this, but strongly suspect, suspect that, uh, you know, he kind of did that kind of emotionally. And his dad, quite frankly, said, hey, bud, this is the place for you. I'm not going to be here, but this is the place for you. And he quickly came back out of that. Uh, but Tennessee's got uh, – they picked up a, a, a couple of, uh, of transfers, an offensive tackle and a wide receiver. And really, uh, the only player that I see that they're losing right now this team, this last year's team from, from a transfer situation uh, would be the running back. 
and uh, quite frankly, he's not leaving because uh, of uh, he's leaving because he, as I mentioned last week, I think he's uh, he kind of forgot the student part of student athlete. Let me say that. <laughs> I'm gonna use that, Coach. Next <laughs> yeah, time. That's, that's a nice very way, kind of saying way of saying it. it. <laughs> that's really nice. <laughs> and that, hey, believe me, that doesn't happen very often in major college football. Now, when's the last time you got somebody flunking out of school? Not at all, right? That, <laughs> that, that doesn't, ha- doesn't happen much anymore. If if uh, you. Uh, uh, you obviously, if that happens to you, you're not. Uh, you're probably not 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 really spend much time even wanting to go to class. But anyway, but I think Tennessee's right now. They're, they're going to pick up a couple of more, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, wide receiver, the Nair kid, who uh, again that they still got to be there. You know, they they got enrolled in a class. Think about transfers. Here's the thing to for for folks to remember: you can only sign one national letter. All right. Uh, so when you transfer. Uh, the, and the national letter, it's not the scholarship, it's the national letter that binds you to that school. When you transfer, you can't sign another national letter. So you're not officially part of that team until you go to that first class. Mm-hmm. Once you go to class number one, whenever the school's back in session. But if you don't go to class, you know, if you hadn't officially gone to school, then you're, you're still not, technically still not part of, of that university that, or that program. So uh, that's, that's all transfers. Only one national letter, you know, just because you commit, do all that, you can't sign on signing day if you've already signed one. So you have to wait till school starts. And I, I suspect we'll probably see some 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 players who have committed, uh, some transfer portal guys who have committed. It'll probably, uh, you know, not end up there and end up going somewhere else. But if Tennessee gets the two so far that they have, they got a really good offensive tackle, the Mincy youngster from from uh, Florida. Uh, and then the Anair kid, who is, I think that's the way you pronounce his name, any Y-O-R. Uh, and, and one good thing about both those guys are they have, both of them th- have three years eligibility left. Mm. So it's almost signing a, a uh, you know, a, a really, really good player out of high school that, that you haven't seen yet. And both these young men have played well, uh, one at Florida and one out of Wyoming. So I think they're in pretty good shape there. But they uh, didn't lose uh, again. I, I don't see him. Calvert is leaving. They knew he was going to leave. I think a lot of his, quite frankly, was he's been injured almost every year, some type of leg injury, uh, you know, and uh, and it was not a surprise that he, he did not come back at all. Coach Doug Matthews. Went through, went through, went through senior day, as a matter of fact. That, yeah. that was pretty good, uh, pretty, pretty good uh, thought. But, you know, that, that kind of gave the idea that he wasn't coming back. Coach Doug Matthews, our guest here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Coach, I guess lastly for me, I just want to ask you this because I wonder how coaches handled this, especially in this day and age. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, the preseason rankings came out, and I think Tennessee's in top 25 in some polls, some polls not. But how do you – do you even address that with your team or do you just let it go to the wayside? Because I'm just wondering, do you want to still keep your guys, make sure they don't rest on their laurels and, oh, man, we're back and da 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 or do you just kind of don't say anything? I think uh, most most coaches do not say anything. If it is addressed at all, it'll be by the head coach, probably in a in a meeting if it comes up. But uh, you know, that's like preseason rankings. Uh, right, right. You know, those those are always kind of nice. But uh, if if you play at a program like Tennessee and 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 you you know what what that schedule looks like, you know who you're <laughs> going to have to beat. You know, just think about this. Just think about this. Uh, how, how what this league's going to be like whenever Texas and Oklahoma get here. Let's say they get in or not this coming year, of course, but the year after that. Do you know in the last 25 years, 
the last 25 years, there will have been seven different football programs that have won a national championship in this conference. Mm. Now think mm. about that, 25 years. And, uh, of course, Georgia was the latest to join that. And, and, and four of them have been there in the last 15 years. So uh, 16 years. So it, it's, it, when, when those two cats get in this league, it is going to be, if you're, a, if you're a football fan, you're going to love watching it. But what what you're going to see is you're not going to see a lot of ten and two and eleven and one football teams. You're going to see some really good teams that are nine and three, eight and four, maybe even seven and five. Because uh, you know uh, Tennessee's getting better. We're seeing Arkansas getting better. I make matter of fact, you can make a case that almost everybody in this league, except probably for Vanderbilt, uh, Florida certainly isn't getting better, but they will. But South Carolina. Mississippi, Mississippi State, all those teams are getting better. And and when Texas and Oklahoma get in here, you know, I, I know that they uh, they don't uh, they aren't particularly playing uh, you know at a high level right now. But uh, both of those programs are are national programs that when they get in this league, they will be competitive pretty darn quick. And it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of fun to talk about it. I'm glad I'm not gonna be coaching it anymore. Coach, fantastic stuff as always. Love catching up with you. People can catch you uh, football Saturday, Big Orange Sunday, right here on The Zone. Thank you, sir. You bet. We'll talk uh, next week. Yes, sir. When we come back, it's time to call your shot. We'll do that next on Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Time to call our shot. Super wild card weekend here. Lots of great football to watch this weekend. Call your shot brought to you each and every week on this program by Chattanooga Whiskey. Available at your favorite Nashville retail store. Drink Chattanooga Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. Maybe you'll enjoy some responsibly this weekend. You can check in on the phone, 615-737-1045. If you've got a shot you want to call, hit us up in zone uh, the Zone TV chat. But gentlemen... It is time to call our shot for the weekend. Uh, Lucas Panzica, Blaine Bishop, what you got? Bengals win. I know that Raiders pass rush is going to wreak havoc. It's capable of wreaking havoc. It has for the last few weeks of the regular season, but I just think no team in the NFL had a more explosive finish to the season on offense than the Cincinnati Bengals. They're at home. I don't think Joe Burrow is going to let them lose. Mm. Oh, so don't. The Bengals, the Bengals, are the Bengals not favorites? The Bengals are the favorites. He's going oh, you with. You said Burrow's not going to let them lose. He's going with the chalk. Oh, oh okay. So 62% since 2015 of the wild card weekend underdogs have won. They win more than they lose. If you listen to the show, you would have heard that stat earlier. So the, so that stat says the Raiders win, huh? Well, it says somebody's going to win. <laughs> well, we know somebody's going to win. I think the 49ers. I'm going to call my shot for the 49ers. Oh. 49ers beat Dallas. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people saying that shot. Now, Jimmy G has got to be more clutch because, as you pointed out, three, four weeks before the game, we were talking ahead of games. And you're like, when I see San Francisco, Garoppolo is just not clutch. He was the difference in the game. Yeah. Him missing throws and, can, and throwing a pick. He was the difference in the game for 49ers yeah, he in a bad over, way. If he can get over it, I mean, they're really good. To, it's hard to beat. I mean, he did the same thing to me against the Titans. 
They can say his hand was hurt and all that. I know it was, might have been hurt, but don't nobody care about that. He right. was out there. If you're out there. We you... didn't even know it was hurt until we hear the next week, like oh, like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Huh? He was right. hurt? So maybe that made sense because uh, they said Trey Lance was warming up on the sideline, mm-hmm. and it could have been because of his stomach. I thought it was because maybe they didn't think he was playing very well, but obviously there was something to it. Uh, my shot, since uh, you know, I called my shot versus uh, Nick Saban, which you never do. To lose well, against Georgia, that. so I might as well just go against another big win. And it, you know, both that hurt me a lot, but this was going to hurt just as much. I'm going against the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. I think they're going down. I think Philly? Philly's going to get him with all the injuries. And I know he's played with less before when he was in New England, but they have a solid defense and they can run the football. And their quarterback, guy named Hurts, I think a lot of people know him from Bama. Not only is he uh, throwing the football well, but he's also running well and has scored the most touchdowns as a quarterback in Eagles history. Uh, but I think he's going to do a little bit of both. I think they found their identity at one point in action. I think it was against Tampa Bay that they lost mm-hmm. in that game. So I'm picking Philly over Tampa with uh, two of their wide receivers out, one for injury and one because he cray-cray. <laughs> so I'm going let the Eagles fly Eagle fly JB yeah. you were an Eagle once upon a time yeah, JB yeah. Says, I, I, I was doing the Brian Dawkins I right there Ooh, I used to think he was going to lip up off the ground <laughs> JV says in his own TV chat Raiders are winning watch watch what I tell y'all he says we'll watch what you tell us yeah. Ron Slay popped in the chat what's up Ron what Slay what did you say Slay is he trying to already say he's in the building? He probably is in the building. From afar? Well, who knows? He's in the chat, which he's got to be down the hall somewhere. Oh. <laughs> What's today's Friday? Did he, uh, oh, yeah. Is he calling the game today? Or no, Lucas, he's out for uh, COVID contact. Oh, is he still a close like contact? He's yeah. contacting the station via Zoom today. So he's we will it. be on tonight. 7.30 tip-off between Ensworth and Brentwood Academy. So he's doing that game with you. I'll be going solo tonight. You're going solo. Yeah. It's time to go solo, so, so, you and Vanilla so, Ice. So Slay is in his own building. Yes, he is. He <laughs> says, I'm in the chat. I'm in the chat. That guy is uh, 1,000% energy all the time. Oh, I love man. it. He, he could just be a pregame speech guy. He could make a lot of money off of that. The hype guy. Oh, I get hyped. Just, I, but I have to waste my hype because he gets us hyped up and then we leave. And he comes yeah. in here and hypes up 3HL, which he's about to do right now. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He definitely gets us hyped. Hey, uh, be safe out there this weekend. It's beautiful today, a little bit chilly. Uh, everywhere, the weather person seems to just not know what to do with the forecast this weekend. So just prep yourself so nothing surprises you. Prep yourself for you wreck yourself. That's what they say. Yeah, so it's going to be a little snow, so be careful out there. <laughs> in the meantime, in between time, Mickey. Peace. Peace.